Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast Network, a new show coming at you here today. Something different here on the network. No fantasy football coming at you, but some fantasy golf and golf related information and content coming at you. This is Nate, of course, of We Know Fantasy. And today I'm joined by Lenny. Lenny, how are we today? Doing well, doing well. And uh, for you listeners of this network, you know that Lenny is a first time on the pod. And, uh, you know, Lenny and I grew up together. We're pretty much childhood best friends and uh, still like to play some golf and talk golf together. So that's what we're doing here with this podcast. So Lenny, give the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself here. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's kind of all coming back together because you were pretty much one of the people that got me into golf. And now I've pretty much become a nut about golf. I mean, I love the game. Looking for a bit of a bounce back week this week after a rough week last week. But love a good WGC event. So looking forward to it. And of course, this WGC event's a little bit different than what we were to expect going into the year as it's been moved from typical Mexico City location for the WGC Mexico Championship to the concession in Florida, just outside of Tampa there. We'll get into that. But like I said, this is a brand new series. I guess we'll uh, we'll call this out of the rough uh, golf betting in a way. Pretty much, you know, that uh, metaphor and innuendo there speaks for itself. But the content of this will be based on DFS betting for golf and, uh, you know, golf betting lines in general. Basically, fantasy golf in a nutshell, there's no really clear-cut fantasy golf as there is for most fantasy sports. So uh, some DFS and betting lines coming at you. Before we move forward, uh, remember you can follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at We Know Fantasy. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com for fantasy football, basketball, baseball, golf, everything on there, fantasy NASCAR, even content. We have it all here at We Know Fantasy. So the premise, or I guess the rundown of this podcast will be, um, in future episodes, we will bring you our last week results, go over those, and then break it into overview of the course of the tournament, golfers we like, golfers we want to avoid this week. We'll give our DFS lineups and some betting lines that we like. So last week, of course... I did an, uh, an article opposed to a podcast, which we're hoping to do these weekly as uh, content is available and, you know, major forms of golf tournaments are available. Uh, we'll bring you a podcast if it's a smaller series or a smaller tournament, may I say. Uh, an article may be there, but for the most part, this will be a weekly series. Hope to uh, bring this to you every single week and talk some fantasy golf. So last week in my series of the Genesis, my favorites were Bryson DeChambeau. Bubba Watson and Mark Leishman, uh, you know, wasn't too great to those guys. Uh, DeChambeau and Watson missed the cut, and Leishman was minus one, tie for 32. My avoids there were Dustin Johnson because of his price tag. He had a tie for eight, minus six. Justin Thomas missed the cut. You know, he was a $10,000-plus DFS play, so that was a good call there. And Jordan Spieth missed minus four at T15. Uh, kind of missed that one as well. My DFS lineup was DeChambeau. Watson, Leishman, Gary Woodland, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Gary and Taylor Gooch didn't win any money. Didn't do too well. Of course, three of those guys missed the cut. Uh, spoke about two, and Woodland was the other. Leishman, of course, Fitzpatrick had a great performance, uh, tied for fifth, and Gooch was tied for twelve. So that's how we did last week. And as we said, this tournament usually takes place in Mexico City, but has moved to the concession, a Jack Nicklaus designed course here outside of Tampa. I don't remember the name exactly of the of the uh, city or the place this is in, but it's kind of different. This is hard to go off because this is an unknown golf course. I don't think this has been played uh, in the PGA tour or hasn't recently. So we don't have much to go off of. There isn't much of a history here with most courses. You go back about past winners and who performs there and you know, what type of golfers perform there. But 
Again, this is a Nicholas Design course, very high course, slope rating, large greens. Defensive putting will be in play this week. There are a few water hazards to avoid here, not many. So bending the ball will happen with uh, less of a risk here on some of these dog leg um, courses. Lenny, anything else you want to throw in here about this concession course? Oh, here it is, Bradenton, Florida. Yeah, Bradenton, that's where it's at. Uh, I don't really know too much about the course. Like you said, it's pretty much new to the PGA Tour. I mean, it is brand new. It's first first uh, PGA event here. They had the NCAA Championships here back in 2015, which Bryson won. So, you know, I've seen a lot of things about Bryson. And then Thomas Petri, he finished third here. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of bunkers around the greens trying to protect the greens. From what I've seen, like I said, I haven't seen any actual play on this course kind of looks like they're trying to make the, the greens a bit tough to get to small greens bunkering around it but not having seen actual play on this course it's going to be kind of tough to evaluate how you know the elite pga players are going to be playing on it yeah for sure and we'll get into some of the reasons why we like some of these golfers here at this course but again jack nicholas design course they're kind of similar um you know you have the likes of the honda and whatnot and we'll talk a little bit about that and our picks moving forward but like you said, hard around the greens, a lot of obstacles there. You know, uh, shots gained around the green will be important. Shots g- gained approach will be another stat we'll look at here. Uh, it's just getting to the green uh, in regulation. And if you are to miss left or right, you could be in some trouble with some of these bigger bunkers they have on this course. So let's move on here. Golfers we like. Uh, Lenny, how about you kick it off here? First time on the first time on the podcast network. Who is the first golfer you have here for uh, a like? So the first guy that I have down... I don't feel good backing him, and that's because it's Patrick Reed. It's always kind of like a – you don't feel good about it just with his history. I mean, I guess he kind of has a way to get things done, though. He's a grinder, really good at scrambling, and I, I think this is going to be a tough course. I think a guy like Patty Reed, he's going to know how to kind of get his way around battle. Um, I mean, he's plus 3,100 right now from what I've seen on the books, so you can get – decent odds on them i like those odds but i think just his his grinding ability on a course like this is something that i like yeah you can never count reed out like you said he just seems to be there when least expected and he's always going to hang around but yeah really nothing to to debate there last time we saw him was the farmer's insurance open which of course he won uh that was the end of end of uh 31st actually of january so we haven't seen him since but we'll see what he can do. You know, again, early in the year, he played the Century Tournament of Champions, tied for 21st, and yeah, really hasn't done much at this early part of the year. But again, Patrick Reed is someone you can't uh, deny. My first guy here is the world number seven, Patrick Cantley. When it comes to Nicholas Design courses, there is no one better on the tour currently than Cantley, in my opinion, and statistically speaking, and strokes gained on playing on such these courses, Cantley is the best on tour. Like, statistically speaking, there is no one better than Cantley when it comes to Nicholas Design courses and strokes gained. This is a real statistic kept by the PJ. You can find it anywhere on the PJ websites and uh, look all over the place for those, but... Like I said, these courses are very similar in the introduction. We talked about the, the concession here, Nicholas design courses. So this is why he'll, will uh, go with him here. He is in DFS, especially he's a little pricey, but not up there with the big dogs. He's 10,000, which is fair. You know, you have Dustin Johnson who exceeds 11,000 and, and Justin Thomas in those, in those uh, regions. But, you know, Cantley is also second on the tour in strokes gained, gained around the green, which is something we talked about as well, being very important here in these, uh, you know, hard, 
hard uh, greens to hit and and uh, get around. So Cantley is a great play in my opinion. Yeah, I like Cantley. I think he has a good shot here. Been playing pretty well lately. But I think with a WGC event, the next guy I'm going to go with is Xander Schauffele. The These WGC events, I think you see a lot of the top guys that are there at the end. And it's kind of why Alexander, he always seems to play well in these big events. These par fives on this course, I think, are going to be really important. I think that's where you're going to see some guys really gaining some strokes here. Xander plays the par fives well. And like you mentioned... Florida course, Bermuda grass, he's another great putter on Bermuda. But I think, you know, I kind of have a, a theme with Reed and Xander that play well in the big events, guys who can kind of grind it out. And I just like Xander's ability kind of on this Bermuda course. Yeah, and Xander has been hot recently to turn this year. He has a tie for fifth, second, second, and a tie for 15 to start this year. Mm-hmm. Rolling to his event, and like you said, he steps up on these big events like the WGC situations. So you can expect him to be there at the end. Uh, you have to pay up a little bit for him in DFS yeah, if you are to use him. He's not going to be a cheap, cheap play, but I think, you know, he's fourth in the world golf rankings. He's been playing great. You know, it's kind of, if you're going to go with one of the top guys, I think he's my pick. Yeah, uh, like you said, not a cheap guy, but you know what you're getting. You're probably paying for a top five finish here, at least, out of out of Xander. So, my next guy is Daniel Berger, rolled 15. I said this before, the Honda is another Jack Nicklaus design course, which is like the concession, and it offers similar challenges, even though the Honda is tougher. Why do I say this? Because... Berger got his first tour win on the Honda, so he's proven that he is capable of competing at these type of courses. You know, he's, he competed four times this year with a top 10 finish at the Tournament of Champions, a seventh place finish at the Sony Open, and of course, he won the Pebble Beach at Pebble Beach earlier this month. So he did miss the cut at Phoenix Open, but, you know, a win at Pebble Beach is a win at Pebble Beach. He's hot right now, and he's proven that he can perform in these type of courses. This is a guy who isn't going to break the bank when it comes to DFS play as well. He is only 9,300, so 700 less than the likes of uh, Cantley, who I who we talked about prior. But this is a consistent guy who's playing great golf right now, who has proven to win on these types of courses. Yeah, it's got four top 20 finishes in the last five events. Yeah, he's he's hot. You, you can't you can't argue against that. He's been playing well. Another guy I'm gonna go with here is Mr. Neiman. He's another guy who who's been playing well. Didn't have the best of weeks at the Genesis this past week. His round three kind of killed him. Shooting 78 isn't gonna help your score. You're gonna have to go really low on the other days. But two previous events before this, he's got a tie for second at the Sony Open, second at the Century Tournament of Champions. So I think I'm going to go with Neiman as another one. He's a guy who I kind of talked about Xander good on the par fives. He's not the best, but he leads the PGA Tour in going for the green. So he's a guy, great driver of the ball, bombs the ball. But he also is one of the guys who's going for every par five that he can get at. So I think if Neiman's one of those guys who can get hot, get things rolling, I think he could he could be one of those people that goes low this week. Yeah, and I said it, there aren't many water obstacles on this course. You know, there are some big lakes on some dog legs, but those are easily played around on some of these par fives. So the risk is limited to really for some of these bombers to go out there and just just go for it. And that's where Neiman falls into uh, category-wise. He's at, what, 8100 this week on draft Kings. Great price, great price. All right, so he's not one of those real expensive guys. He's one of those not- crucial, like, mid-value guys that you need to hit on if you're going to have success. 
Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really have any bad results this year. His worst result is just about, what, tied for 44th and he has a tie for 43rd. But everything else has been top 20 this year. So he's he's been pretty consistent making the cuts, playing well. Yeah, and especially a big part of DFS, if any of your golfers miss the cut, you are doomed, especially these big tournaments. So consistently making cuts is a, is a is a good thing here. My last guy to talk about here is Will Zalatoris, World 48. He has three top 17 finishes this year alone. Best performance was at this year's Farmers Insurance Open. He plays seventh at, I believe, minus eight or so. He does have four top tens in the season. Uh, not just the year, but the season we're currently in. He is arguably one of the in, most inaccurate golfers on the tour, but somehow ranks 13th currently in scoring average, which doesn't make sense. But he's getting it done, um, even though he's not placing the ball where he needs to be. Uh, so if he can get a little correction of that coming into this week, into the weekend, he is also third in the world, or third in the tour, excuse me, on strokes gained approach, which is uh, shots from 50 yards out heading to the green which, again, we talked about how crucial it is to do that, avoid the around of the greens due to the extensive obstacles that are in place there. So getting on the green for 50 yards plus out is crucial, and Zalatoris does it with the best of them in the world. All right, so after the you know golfers we like, of course, we have to talk about some of the avoids. These are golfers that we don't think will perform well at this specific tournament whose prices may be too high on DFS. Like I said last week, I played Dustin Johnson. You know, of course you want Dustin Johnson in your lineup, but sometimes that 11, 11, 600 price tag that he comes with is too steep to really try to fit in there to make a well-run lineup. So that could be part of this, but I'll lead off the avoids here. Send Lenny let off the um, likes. I'm going Tony Finau, World 13. He is an intriguing play because of his consistency thus far this season. What does he have, like three or four second-place finishes? But he does come with a 9,800 tag on DraftKings. These kind of courses, we said, are challenging around the green, especially for golfers to chip into. And, you know, Fino currently ranks 36 on the tour and shots gained around the green and finished 46 on on that same same statistic a year ago. The greens may appear to be playable, but like Lenny said when we introduced this podcast, they're going to make them hard. The whole placement is going to be difficult. And getting there on the green isn't really Finau's strong suit. This may be, you know, going against all things. We talk about hot golfers in our likes. There's no one hotter than Finau, even though he can't finish a tournament here and take first. He may struggle around the green this week, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm downplaying him. Could cost him a few strokes, and, you know, I don't think he uh, has a second-place finish this week. Yeah, in his, what, last three events, he's finished second Tied second, tied yep. second. Yeah, you talk about hot. He's kind of as hot as you can get. But I'm going to be fading Tony Fino. I think not because that I don't trust him per se this week, but I think so many people have seen that big run that he had in the fourth round. He's going to be in so many lineups. Kind of saw, I think people kind of realized how hot he's been i think yeah he's just gonna be in so many lineups this week that i would rather fade him than than jump in with everyone else i think because it's a smaller smaller size field this week so i think it's going to be important to to hit on those players that not everyone else is betting on i'm not saying tony's going to do bad i just think that ownership is going to be so high i mean what he hasn't won in four years on tour i think if with the ownership as high as it probably is going to be you need him to win so i think that's going to be the reason that i i fade tony fino this week i'm 
also going to be avoiding another big name, the big bomber, Bryson DeChambeau. I think I'm going to be staying off him. Kind of like the similar reasons I said about Fino. I think because so many people are going to see that he's won here at this course before. That's going to be the main reason. It's not that he necessarily missed the cut last week. Because prior to that missed cut, he's been playing pretty well. But I think the ownership's going to be so high. Because the only thing we know about this course is that Bryson DeChambeau has won on it. But that was back in 2015 when he was in college. And he was the best amateur golfer in the United States. Like, he went on to win the U.S. Amateur that year. Like, he was the best golfer there at the time. He should have won that. So I think I'm not going to put a lot of value into having, you know, that that previous history on the course. And I just think, think that ownership is going to be so high that he's another person that you kind of need need to win to have value for all steering. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, like you said, people are going to go on, realize, or do some research, type in the concession in Google and realize, you know, Chambo did win there before, but like you said, NCAA tournament early, what was it, you said, 2015, so six years ago, and being the top guy in the field, you know, like you're Dustin Johnson, you're going to be favored to win. But yeah, don't like uh, don't like the price tag coming along with it. I liked him last week because that course favored Bombers, and he just couldn't hit anything straight to save his life. My next fade here is Brooks Kepka. This is a, uh, you know, due to his accuracy, it's not where it needs to be or where he wants it to be at this point. Currently ranked 70th on tour in shots gained approach. Again, in my limited research and what I can find on this course, it seems to be that shots gained a- approach is arguably the most important statistic to find. And he is not doing that as well. And he comes with a $9,500 price tag on DraftKings, so that is not cheap. That is probably, you know, your golf or two, you get one of the big guys go down to that range to grab a golf or two. And, you know, at $9,500 for a guy who, you know, isn't playing the ball well, isn't striking it cleanly, and missing greens in what is going to be a challenging course, don't want any part of that this week. All right, well, Lenny only had two guys, and I have a third one here for you guys. I'm going Jason Day. This is a little bit different. This isn't because of a hot play or he's striking the ball well. It's because he's a familiar name who has past success and is at a fair price of $1,700 in DraftKings. So you're going to come on here. You know, you fell your top two or three guys. You're trying to find some value deep and you see Jason Day. You're like, hey, this man, uh, you know, won the Masters before. Let's put him in here. But let's uh, let's pump the brakes there. Don't do it. Don't buy in on this. He uh, Prior to his seventh place finish at Pebble Beach, he has missed two cuts this year. The major factor for this is his poor putting. He currently ranks nine or 89th on the tour in shots gained putting. Uh, you know, like you said, Florida, Florida course, Bermuda grass here. He's not hitting the ball well, not putting. And I think he's going to leave some strokes on the table here. So again, he's going to be a familiar face down low where, you know, maybe you're a little inexperienced, don't know golf that much. And you slap a Jason Day in there and, you know, where you could get someone for a lot less of a value. I'll talk about some guys coming up that I like for less than $700. Uh, that would be better for you than Day is. Yeah, he's missed a lot of cuts lately. But the one problem with Jason Day is I think when when Jason Day gets hot, he can be one of the best players in the world. But I think he's kind of a, a bit of a gamble play. I don't mind him that much if you're trying to kind of you have some money left over in the bank and you want to take a flyer on him kind of a thing. He hasn't been playing great. I don't think his ownership's going to be that high. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the man. Um, 
but I mean, I probably won't be, I won't be adding him in any lineups this week, but as someone kind of on a flyer, I don't think I mind the pick that much, but I can understand why you would definitely fade him here. Stay away from him. Yeah, for sure. So we've been talking up about DFS lineups, uh, all podcast at this point. So here we are, put our money where our mouth is. We're going to give you our six golfers or six lineup here in DFS play. I use DraftKings. I'm assuming that's who you use as well, Lenny. Yep. That's who I've got my lineups with. All right. So our values will be the same and, and whatnot. And I feel like DraftKings is obviously not only personally the superior of the DFS it, it, overall, but for golf, it definitely is. FanDuel doesn't stand a chance uh, there, but um I'm not sure how you want to do this. Uh, I know that I have some repeats who we talked about already, so there's no need to talk about that. But I guess we can go. We can go. Uh, you can go down your lineup straight through right now. Give you give us our, your six golfers, your your the values, and uh, why you have them there. All right. Yeah. So my lineup this week, I two of my kind of favorite guys I've been able to fit in here: Shaufley and Neiman. You know, I talked about them before. Um. All right, Shaufley's. 10,800 so he's going to be kind of a, an expensive ticket here but I'm willing to kind of pay for that I've got a few kind of late round flyers here that I'm liking but like I said Shuffle Neiman Shuffle 10,800 Neiman 8,100 next guy I've got Matthew Fitzpatrick um, I mean the guy's been playing well lately you know, he's got a couple missed cuts but I think he's someone he just looked good this past week kind of faltered in the last round you know i'm not sure where his ownership's going to be at i think it's going to be kind of mixed but i'm kind of i'm i'm willing to willing to give him a go i think i'm going to try to ride him a little bit while he's hot here 8500 for mr fitzpatrick the next guy i've got is adam scott all right adam scott hasn't missed a cut this year so he's been playing well i mean he finished 38th this past week not the best um but he's Got a top 10 at the Farmers Insurance the week before that. So I think I'm going to go with Scott. I think with Adam Scott, it's kind of like a a personal pick a little bit. Because I think whenever you start to forget Adam Scott is a really good golfer and people start to not play Adam Scott, that's when Adam Scott comes out and he he gets that top five finish. And you're like, crap, why didn't I bet Scott? His value is so good. And I think that's just kind of partly why I'm going with it, just because I want to get on Adam Scott before he does get hot here, try to get on the run early. Adam Scott, 8,200. Next pick I got, Robert McIntyre, right? Not someone who's super well-known, plays over in the European tour mostly. I mean, he's got a third and a 16th in two of his last three events, and the other one was a 29th. I think he kind of can fit this course well kind of a flyer that I've got, you know, kind of a, a gut pick that, and I like him. And my last one, Billy Horschel. I love, I love a hometown pick. We saw Max Homa this past week winning hometown. I think Billy Horschel, the Florida guy hasn't been playing great, but I, I just love the idea of going with the hometown guy. You know, I think people kind of, kind of don't follow that as much, but when you see a lot of the the winners, you can kind of see, you know, I'm not going to say that there's a statistical, you know, proven hometown guys play better, but I don't know. I'm 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 liking Horschel. I love the love the Florida guy this week. He's at seven thousand now, so the price isn't much. So you don't need him to go out and win the event, you know, to to get your money's worth out of him. He just has to play well, maybe get top ten for you and 
you'll be more than happy with him at 7,000. Yeah, perfect there. Somehow we don't have a single repeat. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But uh, like you said, this is a, a mysterious course. We don't know much about it. We're kind of just going off what we can put together about it. So here's my DFS lineup. I'm going, of course, Cantley at, at uh, 10,000, Berger at 9,300, and Zaltoris at 8,000. Those are my three golfers I like, so those are plugged right in. Also going Colin Morikawa, 9,000. He is currently the best in the tour when it comes to shots, gained approach. Again, we talked about this time and time again, or at least I did, uh, pounding this into your head that this is an important stat for the concession. So if you're the best on tour with it, and I've preached about this stat leading up to this point, I kind of have to go with it. And I have a different strategy for my DFS lineup. It's not really top-heavy. I'm kind of going three golfers that are, I believe, in winning range and then kind of keeping values values kind of consistent throughout so let's see, that's four down. So Kevin Kistner is my next at 7,000. The reason for this is because he's currently the best on tour when it comes to putting on Bermuda grass. Again, for the golf course, this is what we have here. So if you're the best on that type of surface, you gotta you got to come out and perform. And, you know, at 7,000, I'm taking a risk here. He has to, uh, you know, he's going to keep doing what he does. And if he can get to the green in, in regulation and not fare too far away from it when it comes to uh, approach, I think he's gonna have a great week. And then my final pick here, uh, you know, you're kind of you're throwing there to kind of hopefully score some points with your low value. 6400 here for Brandon Todd. He currently ranks tops on the tour in shots gained around the green. We already talked about that as well. He's also go. He's going to set himself up well. Going to put the ball on the green when he's around the green. Get himself in some good positions to finish those putts off. So I think that's a great uh, option there. 6400, someone who is excellent around the green. And uh, hopefully his approach isn't putting him too far into too many uh, bunkers where he can't really hit out of. With Kisner, the one thing that worries me about him is he's not great, I would say, out of the sand. I mean, looking at his stats this season, 217th out of the sand. That's the one thing I don't like about him this week. I mean, I think you have a good lineup. Also, I mean, Kisner's kind of one of those guys that I feel like every time I pick him, it's the wrong week to pick him. And I feel like it's almost like I've become to have this personal grudge with Kisner that, like, I just get his weeks wrong every week. And I just I just avoided him that I just I can't figure the man out. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, you're missed out on him this week and I hit on him, so. Let's hope that goes that way. So before we sign off here, uh, let's go through some betting lines here. All right, betting lines. We kind of talked about all these guys already. You know, if I believe in them for my DFS and make them my favorite golfers of the week, I kind of have to go with them. So I'm going can't lay the win at, f- at plus 1,400. Going Wills of Taurus, top five at plus 1,100. And then I have Brandon Todd with a, for a top 10 finish there, hopefully. Uh, you can pull that. That's plus 800 for a top 10, which is a pretty fair value for a guy who's excellent around the green, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, top 10 in a field of, what is it, 72? Good chance for any golfer really to it, bet top it's, 10. It's Yeah, it's, I don't think that's too crazy. I mean, Brendan Todd, good golfer, was on fire last year. We have two wins last year. Yep. I don't think I don't think that's a terrible bet. I think I mean you have DJ and Ron that have some what is it? DJ plus five twenty five. I'm looking at here, Ron eight fifty. I think I'm gonna avoid those guys at that price point. I said about Xander Shalfley. I mean he's plus eleven hundred. I don't mind those odds. He's like I said, I mean I like him. I'm not sure if 
I, I might I might put some money on him to win. I think he's got some good win equity here. I think another person that I like might be a Victor Hovland plus twenty two fifty. If not, maybe even just a top five for Hovland at plus five hundred. I think he's a guy that he's been playing well when he has played. He hasn't been playing super consistently in all the events, but he's someone I think that I think a plus 500 at a top five isn't a terrible, terrible price point for him. And like I said before, you have Reed and Neiman. Reed at plus 3150 I have here. Neiman plus 3500. You know, I think you kind of want a little bit those mid-longer range odds. Those are some guys to pick. But I think, I mean, anyone in the top 20 the world golf rankings, I think, has a very good shot. I think I saw a stat today. They've won, like, 10 out of the last 13 WGC events. So, I mean, it, it's tough to argue with those stats. But, I mean, these guys are priced pretty well for that. Cam Smith might be a guy you throw a flyer on if you want a little bit of a later round one. Yeah, I was, I was going back and forth with putting him in my lineup and, and whatnot all day today. Yeah, even a... Hideki Matsuyama, I think he's he's a guy who's played well in the WGC events, but he just hasn't been playing well lately that I think I really want to bet on him. He's plus 6150 I have here. He's I think he's won two WGC events in his career. So he's he's a guy that has kind of these these big money tournaments, these no-cut tournaments. He's a guy who's performed, but I I think I'm going to avoid him this week i just i don't know about any of these really long range guys these flyers at the end i think i'm going to mostly avoid them i don't think i'm really going to be picking anyone too deep in this event i th- i think it's going to be more of the horses for courses those top guys are going to be the ones you want to look at all right yeah pretty straightforward there statistics speak for itself 10 of the last 13 winners of top 20 of the golf, but again, this is a course they've never played on. It's not really kind of thrown for a loop here. I don't know, was it about a month ago they made the decision to move it? Or it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like yeah, months wasn't and months and months. Ago. So it kind of, you know, threw them on last last minute. So, you know, maybe maybe a lesser name or unknown name will come, come uh, through and, and, and claim victory this week. We'll see. But that's it for today's, or for this week's episode. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Um, what is what is on the schedule for next week here in the PGA Tour? I know the uh, players is coming up. I think that's two weeks away, correct? Yeah, I do believe so. Oh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational is next week um, with a decent purse at $99.3 million. Then the players is after that. So some uh, decent co- decent uh, stuff coming forward. Honda after that. So, yeah, we have a lot of content coming for you guys. And, of course, we're we're narrowing down until April for the – for the masters, which of course we're both really excited about. So guys, if you like what you listen to here, be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at we know fantasy. Visit our website. We know fantasy.com for some more fantasy sports content. And until next week, guys, we'll see you.